You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Most enterprises use disparate systems to manage spend. The result? A reactive manual approach. CFOs and controllers, you deserve better. You deserve a unified spend platform from Brex. Brex makes it easy to proactively control spend with cards, spend management, travel, and bill pay in one place. You can create budgets with controls built in, track and adjust in real time to keep teams accountable, and automate compliance to close the books faster. Ready to control your spend with one unified platform? Visit Brex.com. Why you'll never make it. Hey. No, why I'll never make it. Uh, <laughs> what, what? This is why you'll never make it, because you can't remember the title of this program. I can't even say the program. title right. What is the Jesus matter with Christ. me? What Get is out. happening? Get All right. out. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone. I'm Patrick, who doesn't know the title of this podcast. I'm Dewey, who calls everyone out on every mistake. <laughs> yes, yes. If someone makes a mistake, Dewey is right there to label that mistake, highlight that mistake, and otherwise shine all sorts of light upon that mistake. It's because I can't look at myself in the mirror. No, so no, no. It's always easier. Always easier to call p- other people out. But before we do that, yeah, I'm going to talk about why... I'll never make it. That's good. That's why we're here. So it's <laughs> yeah, important yeah, it to is. do that. So I, I, I said, let, let's dig in. The reason why I will never make it is because I went to the wrong Scott. Uh, wow. Is because I can't speak. But no, the real reason is because I went to the wrong college. Uh-huh. That's why I'll never make it. Not okay, the University now, of Missouri. Not the great r- 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 University Right. Of I, I didn't go to Michigan. I didn't go to NYU. I didn't go to Juilliard. I went to, you know, a great school in Alabama, but... It's not exactly like on the musical theater map, so to speak. And this was something umpteen years ago when I was in college. I did not know that the college, the school you went to, could open these doors and be this way in to the New York scene. I just went, oh, okay, you know, I'm here in Alabama. I'm going to stay close to home. Oh, they have a good music program. I'll Mm -hmm. just go there. No, no, no. People like research and people are now... Coming to me, you know, people that I went to to high school with, they're having children and saying, oh, my child wants to get into college, blah, 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 blah. And now they're asking me for recommendations. And I and I just never went through any yeah. of that thought process. That's so so that is why I'm not going to make it. Because when, I, when it says education training on my resume, no one's ever heard of it. Although, although if I say it, I went to Stanford University. People say, oh, Stanford? Oh, that's not... No. Sam Ford University. So if I speak it, maybe people will think that I went somewhere. Well, we've already established that you can't speak clearly. No, no, no. So I I might actually say Stanford. It might come out. Listen, uh, that's so real. Uh, Someone posted on Facebook. uh, Again, we are looking for sponsors. Mm -hmm, Yes. Uh, Someone posted on Facebook recently a picture uh, from their graduating class or some show they were in from their, their school that they had attended. And... Uh, I don't know, they wrote some joke on it. But the point is, she started listing off what all of the people in the photograph had done. And it was Broadway this, and TV this, and movie this, and choreographer this, and uh, uh, had their play published, and uh, like a Pulitzer Prize winner, and like uh, this... this. So this was an all-star photo. This group of like ragtag college kids from 2009... Um, okay. Yeah. Yes. From 2009. 2009. And they already have all these accomplishments. And I I think if I showed a picture, like a college photo of like the group that I had worked <laughs> with, I would be like, yeah, it's me and and that guy are still in New York trying. Yeah. That's yeah. the, that's at full. That's it. F- full stop. That's it. So where... Okay, well, since you mentioned it, where was this college photo from? What what college was it? Do you remember? It says CCM. Well, of course it was, which is Cincinnati Conservatory, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so CCM, that's that's, that's that's another one of those schools. You know, that's the same with Juilliard and and Michigan and all these schools that that, that you you go to those programs because they are funnels to the professional world. Yeah, yeah, and and they've become like musical theater machines to where they, they crank out people, and then they come to New York, and now... 
people who have been to those schools are now in this network and like, oh, you went to such and such school. Well, I can get you in with this, or I know this person, or this casting. Yeah, they're, they, I, I, I never even just thought about all these doors that a school could open. Hmm. Well, uh, I'd like to talk about why I'll never make it now. Please, please, I may, please. I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm over here in the non-making it pile. Come on, come join me. I just did a uh, a concert on Monday night at uh, Fifty Four Below Feinstein's Fifty Four Below, and it's a, a lovely little uh, club that they they bring in a, lots of different groups, and they were celebrating the works of a composer named Skip Kennan, um, who. I've he's not never heard of him. He's never had a show on Broadway, mm, but okay. he's written a bunch of off-Broadway shows, and he had one that almost made it, but there was another show on Broadway at the same season that was similar, and they didn't want to... They figured one would fail, so they didn't want to bring that in, but they had, like, full Broadway contracts signed, and then the money fell through when they decided <sighs> not to bring it in right that moment. Oh, and that so hurts. He just, that hurts me to, to know that those people were so close and then didn't. And... uh so this concert, I, I sang backup. I, I didn't. I'm I, again. We're not here talking about why I've made it. I sang uh, as a backup. No, singer. no. You're 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 in the back going ooh ooh wah wah ooh wah ooh. I had one of those. Uh, everyone else got a, a larger line than I did in that. Well, well, they got actual words. Mm-hmm. So the the reason I'll never make it is I was in a room filled with. Broadway performers, because this fella is actually well-known in the industry, and uh, a lot of his shows, he was writing really prolifically late 70s, 80s, into the early 90s, um, and so there's there were a ton of Broadway people there, and I, I did not, I did not know enough about the people in that room to speak intelligently to them, so... I could have done, I was given a cast list. I could have done any amount of research before showing up there. It was a small group of people. It wasn't a ton of people. So we all spent time together. Um, You know, there was a TV star among them who's also does a a lot of Broadway. Uh, And I certainly, uh, I knew his work uh, on TV. Well, you knew one of them. Because I sit in front of that a lot. But I didn't know, um, I didn't know anything about these people. And if I had done just the least bit of effort right yeah again yeah. it would get back to my laziness if i well, see i haven't even heard of this enough. composer so I, I, I well i hadn't heard of the composer i don't think there was anything wrong with that but again once i got the information right then you i looked look up, up the composer things. because i knew i was going to come and like sing his music yeah but then i didn't go that extra step to look up all of this group of people that i was working with who were phenomenal um in this program but of course because they're broadway performers yeah, well, I don't know. That's a that's in a course. Well, I, I I mean, you. Well, look, if we're trying to make it. So, look, if if the goals that we're trying to reach for aren't it, then what are we doing? You know, that, that's, that's what I got to say. So, so Jesus. if I can get Broadway performer in front of my name, why not? Right? I don't, I don't know, man. You you hit something gonna existential help? there. I I like my whole psyche collapsed in that question you just asked. <laughs> well, I know, but but I mean. That's why we're here, right? I mean, that is... It, wait, is that it's your a, that making was, it? That was you deep in a well saying, that was, that's that why was. we're here, right? That, that was. That was that, that was me crying out, going, <laughs> look, I'm here. I'm reaching. And that's what I'm reaching for. Oh, we got we to gotta move on to the positive stuff. Okay. All right. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. It's time to get out of these doldrums because, you know what? Even though we're not making it in one area, we are here for a reason. Patrick, I, I'm still here because, okay. I, by God, this concert on Monday night, I I had never heard this music before, and um, there was uh, there's a woman who's the the lead in Come From Away, Jen Colella. Oh, uh, oh, oh, is that the the pilot? Did did she play the part of the pilot? Yeah, I uh, believe so. Yeah, yeah I haven't. Yeah, I have, unfortunately, haven't seen the show. Wonderful. But. Yes. Um, she sang this song. And it's uh, Skip wrote the music, and uh, I think a, a woman named Amanda Green wrote the lyrics for this particular song. But the song, uh, the sentiment behind it is, uh, when you leave me, um, please take me with you, because I don't <laughs> I like want to be yeah. left here with you-know-who, which is 
which is myself. <laughs> Yourself. You don't yeah. want to be left here yeah. alone. Be like, I totally get you leaving. That makes a lot of sense. I would recommend it. Like, get out while you still have the chance. But just, like, do me a favor. Take me with you. Right. And right. this song, it, um, we had our rehearsal in the afternoon, a, a sing-through. And Jen Colella gets up on stage and she sings this song for all of us. And it was, it wrecked me. It was heartbreaking. So so there's no tongue-in-cheek in this. It is all like heart-wrenching. Right. So soul. this is this is actually the point of okay. this story yeah. okay. is I went oh, up to point. Skip uh, as we were sort of breaking down from rehearsal. Uh, the composer went up to Skip and I, because he actually played the music for it as well. And I said, Skip, I, like all the whole afternoon was great, and I loved listening to all of these stars sing these songs. But this song that that Jen Colella sang, and just so everyone understands, Jen Colella and her voice is something otherworldly. It's an incredible voice. Yeah. So th- yeah, there's a I lot to, to go for how she performed this thing. But I said, skip this song. It is. It may be the best song I've heard in years. Like everything about it, I I cannot get enough of this song. Which, by the way, he sent me in my key. Uh, just this morning. Um, there you go. Put that in your book. And he said, he said, what the hell are you talking about? No one laughed. And I said, I said, what? Why would, why would people laugh? And he goes, it's a goddamn comedy song. And I was like, so he thought it was a funny song. He, and, and by the way, that night, uh, when there was a, a full crowd of half drunk people, uh, watching the the show there was absolute laughter in it but it's that laughter that comes from life right it's the it's the laughter of acknowledgement of recognition yeah and it's it is it is funny but it is heartbreaking um which is what life is funny and heartbreaking yeah well i, I imagine it's also the way that she sang it as well would have a lot to do with with how people would would interpret the the meaning of the song oh yeah yeah, I mean, she she did a beautiful job, and he did a beautiful job playing uh, mm-hmm. the music under it and all of that. It, it was great, but oh, that's, boy, that's, but, but that, that's so interesting that that you had this visceral uh, emotional connection. And he's going, "What? Nobody left." Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. So why I'm still here? Mm-hmm. Why I'm still here are for days like today, and what I mean is, is today is a three audition day. I mean, actually, this whole week, it's, a, it's, it's like a 10 audition week. It's a, it's, it's a busy week. I was also a reader for, um, for, for some auditions for regional theater. And, and for those of you who don't know, a reader basically means I'm, I'm the person who's behind the table. And when someone comes in with a scene, I'm reading with that person. And so I was doing that for one theater. I also had my own auditions and callbacks to prepare for. And it's, it's, it's weeks like this and days like today where I have three, where it's like the busyness, the excitement, the, you know, something's going to happen, something's coming. So, and, and, and just that anticipation, even though, even though I recognize, obviously I'm not going to book everything, but the anticipation, the preparation, and just the work that, that goes into uh, preparing a side or working on a song, the work that goes into that and being like, well, how do I want to present this? What, what, what kind of character, emotion? All the, all the work that goes into that exercises that, that muscle in my brain that loves to work out, that loves to really dig into a piece of, of, of scene or, or, or some song. And so it's, it's, it's this energy that, that keeps me coming back and is why I will audition for a hundred things in order to get that one thing that finally comes through. The, it's the job of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like and, the actual and, the, the the work, the everyday yeah. blue collar version of this profession, which is auditioning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean that, that's that's actually the that's actually the full time job of a performer. Now, if we are lucky enough to like book a show that is years and years and running, great. But for most of us actors, the the full time work is the audition. And that and that's what we have to be good at, enjoy, work at, and really hone that skill because auditioning is a completely different skill from performing. They're related, obviously, but it's it's just a different mindset, a different skill to do something in ninety seconds rather than ninety minutes. It's the work. If you can't, if you can't take something away from that effort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you can't get something out of that that's fulfilling for you, you you cannot you, you will you'll go insane because you're gonna you're gonna go in t- 
time after time, and you're going to get told no after no until the like random yes comes through. You're going to get told no for effort that you're putting in over and over again. So it's most of the time, nothing comes from all of your effort, meaning no no job and no, money. No comes. job. Yeah, yeah. there's a reward in and of itself in, but, in, the, in the audition and in the yeah. process. But if you don't, but, but if, yeah. if you can't, if you can't take something positive away from that, you, I, maybe you'll make it. I don't know. But like, I, it would, I would lose my mind. I would lose my mind. I couldn't do it. So I'm, that's good to hear that yeah, you like. Yeah. It. It's good. It's good to relate in that way. <laughs> I, um, I wonder sometimes if this is just me. Okay. Um, but I, I'm, I'm in a rehearsal right now, um, for a show that's going to open, um, this Saturday and every director comes at their, uh, their rehearsal process differently. They've got different priorities. They've got different ideas of what needs to be done early versus later. And that, that routine being different time after time, um, it, it it makes it makes me a little crazy. Meaning, sometimes it's music first, then maybe some choreography, then you do some blocking, then you do a bunch of runs and clean up stuff as you go. I, I, I'm saying it in that order because, like in my mind, that's the right order. Right, especially for like a musical. You but tend, I've, you tend I've to done lots of music. shows. I've done lots of shows that don't go in that order and are and end up just fine. It's not. It's not the final product that I'm worried about. Right. Even though I'm always worried about it during the process, <laughs> it's not the final product that I'm worried about. It's the actual process itself. Where sometimes, like the the first of all, sometimes the blocking may never come, and it'll just be uh, we're going to do run throughs from day one see what happens up there and we'll add some choreography at some point and all right there's songs we should learn that music uh, sometimes it's that way sometimes it's uh we've got this one number that we're going to work on for three weeks straight and then it's like oh right there's 20 more pages um you guys know your lines right like that can happen too and uh, it's again i'm not necessarily concerned about what the end result will be but uh, but but yeah, the 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 path that it takes to get to that end result, it, it can either be fraught with with frustration, or it can be oh, good, a nice, efficient way to do this. Yes. Well, and there's no yeah. there's no handbook. Yeah, yeah, and 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 really, there's no right or wrong per se. But but there is. I heard I hear the trepidation in your voice, <laughs> and I feel that trepidation. But uh, it, it's but, something but that I'm yes, going through right now for sure. There 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 are there are. Easier ways, I, I think. Maybe there's no right or wrong, but there are definitely easier ways to go through a rehearsal process. I get that. I totally get that. Now, now for me, I'm going to go in a completely different direction. Smart. Yeah, yeah, always, always. If I see you one way, I'm going to go with the other. So with this, we, we don't tend to get political here, but th- this one is somewhat related in that, is it just me or are people just on edge? Yeah. They're, they're, and and they bring that and and how it relates to performing is that they bring that into the rehearsal they bring that into audition they bring that in, they just bring that in that aura that energy in into the the acting performing space case in point this was this was a, this was a while back i i don't know what trump had done but but something had happened and so people were just you know upset and the and, and the audition monitor, you know, so the person who brings us to the audition room and lines us up, he, he was saying, you know, you know, no matter what's happening out there in the world, just, just focus your time, focus to that. And then someone pipes up, yeah, because Trump, blah, blah, blah. And, and everyone laughed. And I'm like, okay, people, look, this is my time, my space. I don't need to think about him or anything. Like, let, let's, just, let's just all focus on our, on our creative energies and artistry and let's just focus on that and leave all that other crap out you know and that's that's my perspective and it's the same thing when i'm in when i'm in in the dressing room people want to start bringing up what happened that day and i'm like hey let's just keep this a 
you know, a politic crap-free zone. And let's just focus on the show we're doing. Well, as an avid Trump supporter, I can say <laughs> with reckless abandon. Reckless. Uh, that I... Uh, <laughs> people on the internet may not know that I'm not an avid Trump supporter, and I want to just... I can't let it go any further than this. Uh, I, I, I'm not a Trump supporter. Which, which, which is fine. And, and to me... And I'm, you can be. You yeah, can and be. To me, you I can don't listen care if, to us and be yeah, a Trump supporter. I don't care if you're for him or against him. I'm just saying when it comes to the process, the performance... This is why we don't talk rehearsal, about it. Yeah. yeah you but, can't... There's no way back from this. No, but but, but see, but, but this is exactly my point. It is your point. It, this is my, great, my point yeah. should be that no matter what's happened, whether you're for it, whether you're against it, whether you're happy, whether you're angry... Once you walk into the space of audition, of performing, of this creative space, let's just leave all the other crap out and let's work on our craft. Oh, yeah. And let's just do that. And, and for me, that's the most important thing. Now, yes, there are pieces, there are songs that will make a statement that, that may relate to today, that may, that may have a message to it. And that's, that's great. But you don't need to take the, the visceral energy that you have, whether positive or negative, from what's going on with other people in, in, or in our government, and then bring that into your own performance. It, it needs to... It, it, what you bring, what you sing, what you, you do in a scene needs to come from that moment and not from some other shit moment that happened. There you go. I said it. I mean, I, I, did, I did see uh, the Parisian woman the other day, and, and they, they need to bring a little bit of... Trump into that because it's they're, they're yeah yeah I, I hear that, it, that that that's that's its message but, that it's relating uh, to today and what's happening. And we talked about this before. If if you're at an audition, like know that it's not just your experience. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like yes, you may want to have like you may want to do jumping jacks and get your energy up, but do them silently because there's someone next to you that may need that absolute silence right. and that absolute focus uh, because they're fragile like Patrick and they, they're they going to need that <laughs> to prepare yeah. for that audition. And so you just, ugh, and especially when it's what's happening in politics right now, I, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's always like this. I don't know. You know, it's everything's through our perspective and I, now I'm this yeah. age at this time and I, it means this much to me, yeah. but that's a different energy. That's a different concept than I'm about to go in and perform something from My Fair Lady. Um, yeah, yeah, and so and so and so that's my point. I just say let's let's leave that aside and work on the what is hopefully going to be positive performing creative energy. You know what? Let's leave all this aside. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of positivity, I say let's bring a ray of sunshine to our podcast because I I, I can't wait for Jessica to join us. All right, I have been looking forward to this for like 20 minutes now. I've been I mean, looking forward to this for <laughs> the entire, almost the whole time we've been doing this well, podcast, because well, yes, I feel like yes. you were the first person we asked to do this, but we, just because of uh, how busy we are in right, this Right, you know, business. we're so busy in yeah. the business. Well, and so now we can formally and happily introduce Miss Jessica Holt. Yeah, thanks. I'm so glad to be here, yeah. finally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, really, it's been since... I've been looking forward to this since it, 2017. Yeah, it was yeah since last year. Yes, literally, last since year. last year. Yeah. Yeah, now, now Jessica Holt is a director, and she actually directed both Dewey and myself in a reading up in the Poconos. That's, that's right. right. I, I'm pretty sure that's where this podcast was born. It, it, it actually is where it was born. Yeah, it was yeah. born on a, on a van ride. On a Poconos, shuttle bus. On a shuttle bus that I drove. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. You were director and shuttle bus operator. I wear many hats in this field. <laughs> we were recently interviewed by one of our interviews. Uh, and we had to describe this story, yeah. and it really did. It came directly from that fan ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so much so, of my so life. You were, and, you and were, I was driving, and and you guys, you were right next to me. You were sitting next to me, and doing. Well, you were right behind you, you, you'd, me. You'd think I was beside you, but actually, I was more like over your shoulder, and I was leaning in, talking to you while you were driving. Yeah. Oh, Dewey was next to me. I reversed you. Flip it and reverse it. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the two of you. Just were your your own show. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't stop talking. No. Yeah, and and so and so and from the, that from that bus ride, this this podcast was born. So you were actually there at the gestation period. Yeah, it was the of inception of it. Yeah, yeah. 
So welcome to actually being on the show now. I, I'm thrilled to be here. So yeah. we're, we're, we're so happy to talk to you. And so, well, let's just get the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. And so we would like to find out a little bit more about you. I mean, because we talked on the shuttle bus a lot, yeah. but none of these people know you. So please t- kind of give us a little background as to how you got here to New York. Yeah, okay. Uh, I am a San Francisco-based director for a very long time. That's where I'm from. And uh, was doing a lot of new play work, working with playwrights in that area. And I then went off to Yale, got my MFA in directing. Oh, that's one of those colleges. That's, that's a big those, deal. One of those colleges. Oh, you see, you see yeah. what it is? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, you yeah, say see? that word and everyone's like, oh, oh yeah, Yale. Yale. Oh, yeah. I definitely so, say it So you've way. got an MFA from Yale. Yeah, I have an MFA from Yale. That's right. Yeah. See, yeah. I see. I can't put that on my resume. I actually okay. auditioned to get an MFA from Yale, and I had to pay a good deal of money for the audition. Just to audition? Just, just for the audition. And I had paid for a, a larger audition for a bunch of schools, but then Yale wouldn't attend that. They had their own <laughs> off to the side. This was in Chicago. And I, I went to that audition. And after the audition, the, the woman who ran the program at the time sat me down and she said, why, why are you here? And I said, I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm hoping to, uh, I'm hoping to be a professional in this industry and, and Yale, the MFA program seems like everyone that comes from there works all the time. And I would like to be doing that. And she was like, you, you should just, you should just go and start working. And I was like, oh, Okay. So that's a no from you. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is what, what I'm getting is saying, a negative thing that's kind no. of positive. You know, it's but she was great. Honestly, yeah. she gave very sage advice to me, which was grad school is not for you. Just go. Absolutely, I think that having gone through the program and having actually met applicants that were applying to the program while I was in it, I met some of those students or like prospective students, yeah. right? People that wanted to go to the program, and I thought. Why are you applying? You're doing the thing yeah. and you're ready for it. And so it's, I, you know, for me, I was at a place in my life where I wanted to expand my horizons. I had been doing a lot of work in the new play world, but I also wanted to work on classics. I wanted to gain more fluency with design. And Yale was going to provide that for me. And I was very clear about what I needed from that program mm. and and how it was going to enrich me and make me you know, the, the director that I wanted to become. Right. And I think that there's a lot of people that are really fully, completely themselves and they are out there doing it already and they don't need to go to a program like Yale because they're doing the thing that Yale would give them. So, right, I mean, right. and, and Juilliard's like that or NYU, all of these programs. So if you don't get in, it's not, you know, it's not a measure of your worth at all. It's it's really about, is it a right fit for you at that right time? Yeah. And when I decided to apply, I was at the exact right time for me to grow and I needed what Yale was going to give me in order for me to take the next steps to get me. I mean, I've now been on the East Coast for about six years and uh, I, so I went into that program and then I did a residency down at the Alliance Theater in Atlanta, which is the largest regional theater in the Southeast. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge. It's It's huge. huge. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a year long directing residency down there. Um, mentored by the amazing Susan Booth, and and then and so I, and so yeah. with that, did you assistant direct, or were you just a part of the teams that with the shows that they produced? Yeah, assistant directing for Susan Booth, who's the artistic director there, but also uh, the the year culminated in me directing a full production on the Hertz stage, which is their second stage there of Ugly Lies the Bone by Lindsay Ferentino, uh-huh. um, which had its premiere here in New York at the Roundabout, and we were the Southeast premiere. Wow. Of that play, very yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. So, th- so that's that n- the the new works and kind of stuff that you that you that's, wanted to get more of and d- yeah, be, yeah, yeah. Wanted to with. continue to develop my way of working with playwrights, working with new plays, and and then the other thing that I was able to do by going to Yale was work on classics. So, I did Twelfth Night and. My thesis production was a, a, a little, a little piece called "The Seagull." You might have heard of by Chekhov. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, it's 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 been known to be produced here and there. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard of that. No, one. not that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. to be confused with "The Raven" by uh, by by what's his butt Poe. That's not a play. Also, not his first name. 
No, it's not no. what's his butt. Yeah, oh. you, you see, this is why I'll never make it because that's, I can't. Why, I can't speak that's, in that's complete. That's why you'll never. <laughs> yeah, this is why. This is why. But 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 Jessica, going to Yale. Yeah. Would you say that the you know so so you found it the right time as you said. Yeah. Did did Yale give you that that next leg up that next step once you got here to New York to be like okay I'm ready to take on this next chapter. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag. I mean, in many ways, I feel. There's no way I could have come to New York from San Francisco directly. I didn't have a network. I didn't have a community. Hmm. And by going to grad school, and I honestly don't think it's just Yale. I think it's any grad school where there's a funnel that goes into New York. So it doesn't need to be Yale. It needs to be any grad school that has some sort of funnel. And Yale certainly does. So one of the great things about being in New Haven for three years is that you're an hour and a half out of New York. I was yeah. in and out of the city all the time, seeing shows. There were every year people graduating that I had developed relationships with, and then I would come down and visit them. And now I think I'm, yeah, it's three years out of the program. And we have a community down here. And that's something that I would not have had being a West Coast-based director, having moved to New York and just starting again. So by going to grad school, I was able to come to New York and feel like I have a true community. And, And that's something that's, I'm really grateful to Yale for that. Yeah, yeah, because I I think that that's a that's a big thing for anyone coming to New York, whether on the acting side, directing side, whatever side. It's like if you come here cold, it's it's an intimidating place to be it without really is. without the friends, without the support, the network, as you said. And it, yeah, I mean, because I know whenever I came here, I fortunately had a place to stay, and so that that's like number one. Yeah, I, I had a place to stay, and I had a friend here, but other otherwise it was. Okay, I think I go here for this audition, and I go there, and I, and they say I have to bring a song. Okay, I got a song, but but yeah, it was just starting from scratch. Yeah, I I had an internship at an off Broadway company that was unpaid, but came with housing. And in New York City, housing is that's that, that, huge. That, that's its own paycheck. Yeah, right that's there. its own paycheck. The fact that you had your own housing. I I don't know how I would have gotten here otherwise. I mean, buying a plane ticket on my own from where I was. Uh, was so insurmountable yeah. you know so the idea that i would be able to move to new york and have a place to stay with with a group of and work with a group of people who are in the theater yeah and oh i mean almost everything that i have uh accomplished or gotten in my career uh, can get it there's a direct line back to that internship so that that really set you up for for success, much like much like Yale kind of prepared you for coming here to the city in it in, in, in its own way. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so in in working with, um, you know, now that you've been here in the city, and now you're working with actors like us. Yep. And and so what what has been, you know, you know because in in and I. I would assume in the educational field, you're, you're like learning techniques, you're learning about the, the process and, and learning about playwrights and the work itself. But then once you get with us, now you're you're casting, you're looking at different talents, you're looking at different skills and what people bring into the room. What What is it that you are, number one, what do you see behind the table that, that's like good and bad? And then number two, the second part of that is what are you looking for? When you're behind the table, yeah. How can we get a job? For you? <laughs> That's that. That was my third question. I was going to save I it. Do you got to save it? Oh, sorry. Yeah. yeah. What am I looking for? Well, and and what do I see, good and bad? Actually, I think what I'm looking for, which is also the the good thing that I see, is when people come in and they are fully and completely themselves, right? That they have their own internal compass and they have their own center. And that they know that what they're offering is completely individually their own. And that is actually, you can feel it when somebody comes in and they've got yeah. their own anchor. And they, they know that what they're, what they're bringing is their own spin on it. And that's exciting to me because I have an idea about who I think this character might be. And... I am excited to spark with another creative artist's idea of who they think this character might be and if we can have a conversation about it 
and meet in the middle, that's so cool. And so when I see somebody come in and they make a strong offer, and you you know you hear that all the time, make a bold, strong offer. But it's really true. When somebody comes in and they've just made some really clear, strong choices about who they think this person is, and they've done it within the given circumstances of the text. You know, that's also what I want to see is that they've done some text work and they have read the play and have made really integrated and rigorous choices around who that person is. Okay. All right. So I, we've discovered why I'll never make it. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> you want you want that much effort prior to the to the audition. Okay. I, no, hey, it's good to know. Yeah. Yep, it's yeah. true. It's that's good to what... hear it from the other side. Yeah. That's, yep, so... that, that's I had suspected it all along. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. see, that's why that woman at Yale said, just go do it. We we can't help you. Yeah, this is this is this this is too much effort for us. So yeah. But I think that when people come in and they, you know, I, I'll never forget. I had an audition last year that was really memorable, and I I cast this I cast this actor. I just thought she she came in and she owned it, and she made the room hers, and she was unapologetic about it, and it was one of the most delightful five minutes of my you know experience in an audition room ever and oh, wow. yeah and so it's it's incredibly memorable for somebody to come in and just say this part is mine and yeah. to be unap- unapologetic about it and she's not necessarily the type you know i'm going to put that like in those uh, apostrophes like she's not the type but she came in and she said in her aura in her energy this this part is mine and I and the casting director were like, that part is hers. Yeah. You know, and it was because of the choices she made that were surprising and delighted us and made us lean in. And I would say coming in unapologetically yourself is what I'm I'm looking to see from artists. I, I mean, I think that's <laughs> that that is uh, something I think we've heard uh, from actors and and some of the other folks that we've interviewed on here um spoken maybe in uh different terms than that but is the key to being to doing the blue collar work which is you can't go into a room knowing what the people behind the table are going through you can't go into a room knowing uh everything about what they've decided the casting needs to be you, that's not in your hands. You don't have that ability. Yeah. But what you do have the ability to do is do your bit. Do it's it is it is classic vaudeville, <laughs> day after day, where where you have you have your juggling act um, with the with the the flaming swords. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all you know how to do. You know how to juggle flaming swords. And by God, that's not a lot. I, I know it's cool to look at on stage, but it doesn't last very long. And you can only watch that for so long as an audience. But it's that's your bit. And if you don't go in with those flames coming off of the swords, right. if, if, if you don't go in prepared to do your bit at the highest level that you can do, and instead your mind is in the lunch that they're eating in front of you and somehow you're affronted that they're eating lunch when they've been sitting behind a table for eight hours. You're not going to get like, you're, you're not going to, at the very least, you're not going to give them everything that you could. And you're not going to be fulfilled by that moment yourself as as the performer. Yeah. I I mean, because it's, it, in a weird sort of way, it, it's a selfish moment for the actor, but, 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 but there's still that, that give and take with, the audience, yes. quote unquote, audience yeah. in the room of the director casting and all that, but it, but it still has to be a selfish moment in the sense of, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this because I've worked on this. This is what I bring to it. I'm enjoying and owning this moment, and it's for me because, yeah, because the chances are you're not going to book it, so you can only take away from it the effort and the enjoyment that you put into it. Well, and I think, I think something else you said, which is. This uh, I don't know how long ago this audition was that this woman came in and, and did this for you, but it, it doesn't sound like it was earlier today. No. Like, you're a human being who saw someone give a performance yes. and took something away from that. 
That's all. That's all I'm trying to do. Yeah. And it, thank God for the union that forces me to try to get payment for it. <laughs> right. But like, it's that's it. That's the whole bit. Absolutely. And I find auditions to be some of the. Sometimes it can be the best theater that you see, and it should be. And yeah. what you were saying, you know, earlier about it being the work. It is. It's the work. And if you don't find fulfillment from it, if you don't find it satisfying and rewarding to go in and have your actors work out for those five minutes or 10 minutes or however long you get, maybe two, that if that's not satisfying to you, you're in the wrong field. I mean, I think, and as you were talking, I was thinking a lot about my own experience of the equivalent for a director, which is the pitch right? The pitch of the play, or you're talking to a playwright and you're trying to secure the job. And yeah, and yeah, we, yeah that was actually the next yeah. thing I wanted to get into, because obviously your your audition yep. is, is a much different process yeah. from ours. And so what is, I guess, just kind of lead us through what goes into that process and then what actually that interview is like. Yeah, I mean, you know, you it, it varies depending on who you're, quote unquote, auditioning for. But your discussing the play with either the artistic director or the playwright. And, you know, recently I read an extraordinary play, a play that I just fell in love with. And and we all have this experience, right? As actors as well. I was an actor before I was a director. So I I know what this experience is. It is. And you you read a play, you read a part, and you think, that's mine. I want it. And I had this relationship to this play. I just thought, oh, I love this play so much. And so I did a bunch of work on it and I put together a whole a way into it, a vision, um, identified what I thought the play was, what the message of the play was, what the question of the play was, and, and then had a conversation with the playwright about it. And it was a wonderful conversation. And ultimately, that play didn't come to me for this production. And that happens. And to me, that doesn't feel like a waste of time or energy. It feels like I had the opportunity to spend some time with a work that really spoke to me. Yeah. That told me a lot about like where I'm at in my life right now. Mm. It was a play that kind of talked about, speaking of existential questions, existential questions and what it means to be here right now and to be present. And I was really grateful for the opportunity to spend some time with those ideas. Mm. And my... I what I what I actually truly believe is that that just wasn't meant to be right now. And if I can look at it that way, that each each opportunity that I have is helping me become a fuller artist, a fuller human. Um, that's how I can grow, and then just be open to the next thing that's going to come my way. Yeah, yeah, and and something that you said got me got me thinking, and and. It was put in a way that I hadn't really thought about it before, but you know, because I was talking about doing doing the the, the work, the audition, the, the the preparation for that, for your own enjoyment, and, and you know, and owning that moment. But but you brought up a good point in that the, the work isn't wasted, even if you don't book the job, because in some ways you find out more about yourself, you find out more about your ability, and especially in this in this profession. Finding out kind of what you were saying, Dewey, finding out what you bring into the room, finding out what it is, your niche, what, what is what is your flaming sword that you bring into the room that you can show and highlight. And the more you work on it, the more you the more you keep auditioning, the more you you find those roles that, oh, I didn't really make that. And then you find those roles that like just bullseye. Yeah. You, you, you're in it. And 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 to to by by trial and error, basically finding out what what it is that you bring into the room is yeah is is a it, it's a light bulb moment absolutely you learn so much about yourself every single time you go through that process and i am now at the point where i'm getting so much clearer about who i am as an artist and what i gravitate towards and what are the questions that i have as an artist and it's through the process of putting myself out there yeah. that i'm able to do that yeah, it, it's a it's. I, I've been having this sort of uh, conversation about how this business is a blue collar business. Mm, yes, and we there's rich and famous people in it that aren't us, but the there is, and there and there is this sort of 
uh, touchy-feely existential part of what we do because we're artists and our job is to reflect uh, life and culture and society back to it uh, and to record it and, and all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it it is it's effort and it's work and it is uh, and it is about um, the mind and the body and the spirit sort of uh, th- this idea of self-discovery mm. is something that I um, avoid uh, because I don't um, I, you know I, I don't know I, gr- I grew up in dirt and the idea that I have that I have the time in my life to discover myself sounds so like bougie <laughs> and luxurious but it, it is the job yes it is yeah. as much as it is finding a seam of coal somewhere it, like if if i am to do this job for real it, it it is my responsibility to be pursuing that pursuing like finding uh, myself which i hate saying <laughs> but it is that's my responsibility well i mean because it it gets back to that point of i mean it's it's very clear if you don't know what you bring into the room, how is anyone else in the room going to know it? And if you don't know what you're bringing to a project as a director, if you don't know what, if you don't have a point of view as a playwright, like Absolutely. what are what are you doing writing? Yeah. Uh, you know, for anybody, I mean, you know, we're talking about the the profession of performance and, and sort of theatrical performance specifically, but that really goes without saying for sort of any of the arts like if you don't have a point of view and if you haven't figured out what your point of view is like what are you what are you doing absolutely yeah one of the one of my favorite things that i i learned um in my grad school experience is this idea that we all have something to say and there's this russian idea i love this so much that the playwright has a suffering that they must have a suffering about what they're what they're trying to get out there, okay. and that the director has a scream. I love that. So I'm hmm. always like, "What is my director scream?" Oh, and I was like, "Yeah, right." Interesting. Can you can you, actually can you dive into that a little more? <laughs> I didn't get the Yale education, so. Uh, <laughs> well, Dewey, I got it. I'm just saying. Oh, <laughs> you were like that. That I grokked that right now. It's, it's like yeah. it's like I'm I'm filing that away. That is in the bank now. Yeah, yeah. it's not that but, I don't get it, but I but no, I would no, love no, no, to no, hear. But, but you're right. I would love to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. So to... I I think that the the playwright's suffering is the thing that keeps them up at night. The thing that they, you know, she or he is lamenting over and continues to obsess over and it's the preoccupation that they can't stop thinking about and if you start to look at a playwright's entire body of work you can see that there are these common themes these threads that um connect all of the plays together yeah and so that suffering is something that's so important for a director as they're getting to know a playwright's work and trying to understand what the playwright's um up to if they can understand what the playwright is suffering over, then they have a way into the play. And then the director, the director is also bringing their own, their own suffering to the play, but really their own scream because it's this physical, it's this, ooh, this physical life of the play. Yeah. And so that scream is the message that they have that is in conversation with the playwright's suffering. Okay. All right. And, and 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 I and see I was taking it as the playwright has this has this this moment this or or, or this this message this this suffering as as you say to to get across and puts it on a page but it doesn't really have a voice until the director can quote unquote scream it out. I love and, that. And, yeah. That's a great way. Of, I yeah. That's a plus. That's, that, a plus. That's that's where I went with it. <laughs> see, honestly, I was going to say you were wrong because clearly she said something different. Um, but I, you know, it's kind of both. All right, fine. No, no, no. You know what, Dewey? We're all right. All of us are right. I like saying yes. So yes. Yes. you know exactly. I think that's also one of my you know the the ways into directing for me is say yes yeah. and and let all of those ideas be correct in the room until you realize. You know what? This one is more correct. Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. Th- there, there are many paths, but there's always that better, more direct path. That's maybe, r- maybe you want to meander. Maybe you want to meander, and then you'll get back to the. But, but yeah, yeah. I, th- I that is such a remarkable thing for you to say as a director. 
and I, and I don't think it should be remarkable, but it but it is to say yes to because the thing about the theater is there are one hundred voices all having a clear idea, and I'm a real asshole about it. Like I <laughs> I know what's right for not only myself but everyone else's job, um, and and I do my best to keep my mouth shut, <laughs> but I don't always, and and I feel bad about speaking up when I do, because it's not my place. Right. Uh, I have a job to do, and I should do it, and then go home and, and sleep well, because I did my job. But I see things, and I say things. I'm, I'm constantly in that MTA vigilance As mode. well you should be. Um, but the idea that, uh, as a director, you know, you've got a lighting designer who's got uh, maybe an enormous amount of, like, skill and experience... And of yes. course, perspective. You've got uh, set designers and sound designers and uh, the playwright themselves. Uh, you've got maybe producers. You've got all of these actors all coming into this location to put on a show in this space, in this way, for this period of time. Uh, all of them have these, uh, they may not always have the grand vision in mind when they come up with an idea, but they all have these unique perspectives and these unique ideas. And oftentimes, like, especially for me, you know, just creating a part in the piece, I've got my own idea of what I should be doing. The, the, the show I'm doing right now, it, it two weeks into the process, which, again, is just a, the, the timing of things is just a little different than I'm used to. Uh, I, I realized that the, uh, the main character that I play uh, is about 40 or 50 years older than I had anticipated. Mm-hmm. I, I had like that changes everything. literally yeah, everything, everything yeah, about everything, this human everything. being. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it really, when I first heard it, I was like, I was like, no, that's not right. It's, it's definitely the choices that I've been making so far. That was my visceral reaction was no, not yes. But then as soon as I like went home, thought it through, I was yeah. like, why didn't I see this? Like, why didn't I, why didn't I read this into this? Cause I didn't read the play or like do any of the text work. <laughs> Ahead of time <laughs> or during because we were two weeks into rehearsals, but uh, but anyway, so other reasons why you'll never make it, right? yeah, yeah, so, filed under they're all the same this, reason. This is why we started the podcast because we both had such a long list of just things. It's like, why do we do or why do we not do these things? And and and, and that gets back to, to one of the earlier questions I said about or that I asked about what, what are those quote unquote bad things that you that people bring into the room? What, what is it that people bring into room and you're just like. What are they thinking? Why did they do that? I I can't I can't work with that, or I don't know what they like. What what is it that people bring to the room that just kind of puts a big question <laughs> in your brain as to what they're doing? I mean, yeah, I think actors coming in. Oh, I I mean, I I it's it feels so blatantly obvious so i it feels a little silly talking about it but hey it, uh, hey sometimes we just got to be blunt here so, okay. so yeah i mean it's just it, when it's so clear that they have not done any of any they have just not read the play at all and um i think the other thing that is really it kind of is the 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 flip side of what i was talking about is that they they are trying to make themselves the smallest version of themselves and huh. they are actually kind of like closing themselves off from being seen. Hmm. And there's, they're just not present. So you say hello to them and it's like there's a big wall. You can feel this wall between you and the artist. Hmm. And for me, part of what I'm doing in an audition is just seeing if I can have a conversation for the next however many weeks with that artist to grow a character and to build a world together. And if you've created a big wall between yourself and the director, that's like a big, no way we're never going to do this. Right. So it's, and you can feel it. It's all energy. That's Mm -hmm. all we are. Yeah. And so you feel them come in and they've already decided that they're not going to get it. And you're like, okay, if you've already decided you're not going to get it, then you're not, you know? So I'm already like done. Um, I think the other thing, you know, uh, this is technical stuff, but can I hear you? Are <laughs> <laughs> yeah, loud I, enough. Are yeah. you loud enough? Um, do you, can I see you? 
<laughs> I mean, that seems obvious. Well, but... well, yeah, because some people, when, they, when they're doing the scenes, they bring that script right to their yeah. face. And, yeah. Are you buried in your script? Have you taken some time to be able to get out of your script? Yeah. Controlling time. Oh, that's what, something I talk about all the time. If actors come in and re- recognize truly, that room is yours. We're just visitors to the room. Hmm. It's not my room. It's your yeah. room. Yeah. So come on in and make the time your own. And when they don't, when they feel like you're running it rather than you, that is where I feel like, okay, I, I'm just, I've tuned out. I yeah. want to just come in and, and I want you to come in and feel like it's yours and I'm completely a child again and del- delighted. And I know that's easier said than done, but it really is just a little like, it's it's a mind shift for you as you come in just like breathing and centering yourself and saying i got this mhm you know yeah uh, so when i when you talk about it this way the the thing that it makes me think of is this is a job interview it it's it's a job interview where you've got your resume in hand and you've got your tie on and your press slacks and you show up uh, you know, ready to answer the tough questions about why you left that last job. It's there's definitely some nerves involved, but you have to be prepared. You have to be ready for that, and you have to show that human being that you are capable yeah. of doing this job. Yeah, this job is like capturing an audience's attention. That's right. And here you have a room where. <laughs> you've got a group of people behind the table who might they maybe they are having a sandwich but if you can in that two minutes to five minutes whatever the time period is that you have if you can walk in first of all smile say hello say hello please shake say hello. someone's hand if they want you to like do be a human being because you have to work together mm-hmm. you have to work with that person and know that you can yeah but then have the confidence, have the, have the knowledge that you are capable of capturing this audience's attention. Yeah. Because if you're not capable of capturing the three people behind the table who are getting paid to be there that day, hopefully. Uh, and to... And, and, and they're wanting you to be right. And they, they want you to be I right. Mean, they, they're, they're like the perfect audience because they're hoping you're going to be wonderful and they want you to be wonderful. And if you can't capture them, an eager audience... Yeah. Yeah. And it is. It's, 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 the, it's the vaudeville routine. It's all of that. But it, it, is, it is your responsibility as the performer... You don't have to book the job because the the only reason that you should ever not book a job, if you are a professional actor who has some ability, the only reason you should ever not book a job is there's someone else that fits the, that particular product's version of that show just a little better. Yeah. Right? Because, yes, I can play every part in every show. Uh, just so that you know, I'm going to, you'll get my headshot before you leave. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but that this, you know, this particular production of Annie, you're deciding like, you know, we're going to play against type and Annie's going to be a little younger that you like, that's why I don't get Annie for that particular production. Right. It is because that's what you've decided and that's what fits with everybody else. It should never be because I didn't come in there and give you the best goddamn tomorrow you've ever seen in your life. Because I can, I can sing that song like no one has ever sung it. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling some, some pent up resentment that you were never Annie Dewey. I don't. Yeah, he's, he's gone quiet, which means that I, I've hit a soft spot. I'm, I'm sorry, Dewey. I, I've played Warbucks a couple of times, but I'm good. <laughs> I, it won't come back if I shave my head again. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You, you have a you have a head of hair. I would leave it where it is right now. Oh, it's not going. It's anywhere. really true, though. I uh, there are auditions that I have observed for roles that I just it's not quite right for whatever reason, and I have followed those actors. Yeah. You know, I have met actors through audition processes that now have become collaborators that I did not cast in that production that I was casting for. Yeah, yeah. But I never forgot them. I just thought they were great and they just weren't right for that role that I was casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's I, something- I booked a commercial from an audition I did five years earlier. I booked a, a separate commercial because that casting director 
remembered me from that audition and had been holding on like, for five years literally waiting. for five years wow, and she found that's... she found a thing that she was like um we have we're having callbacks for this can you make it in here because i think this is the right thing for you and i was like who who are you <laughs> <laughs> what is this uh, isn't that amazing that i mean the, the but memories, it's real it's, it's exactly yeah. it's exactly yeah. like yeah. if you're yeah. sitting it's behind like, that table people can have an effect on you yeah. even in a commercial setting yeah and, and just because you're not right for that doesn't mean you you can't be right for something else no that's right no yeah. no i totally get that well as as we start to, to wrap things up yeah. there, there's there's one one last kind of subject area i want to go into we've we've talked a lot about um about doing other things you know because because you know we Yes, we, we focus on performing, but we also want to be multifaceted people as well as performers and, and have other interests and have other ways of, of letting out that performer energy. And, mm. and, and some people go into writing, some people go into directing and different. And so what, what, what would you say, because you say you came from actor and got into directing. Yeah. What, was, what was that transition? How did you discover that that was more your niche or, yeah, just kind of making that transition? Yeah, I mean, I was like a fair actor. I was like middling mediocre. <laughs> um, you know, I'm. I think that I acted. I mean, my my very first role was I played the mom of Goldilocks when I was like, uh, you know, four years old. So yeah, sweet brilliant. job, brilliant. sweet job, right? Yeah. yeah. Thanks, preschool. Um, I feel like I feel like that tells you everything you need to know, though, about like my type. I was the mom of Goldilocks, not at, at Goldilocks. Fo- at four right? years old at four, already. At and four. not one yeah. of the bears. Not one of the bears. I was the mom. And okay. I was like, okay, make because, sure. Because to be honest, I can't remember what the mom does in it, Goldilocks. Exactly. So I feel like, you know, you've got everything you need to know about where I was at as an actor. But also maybe like they were like, she can be a mom. And I, I do think. I'm probably never going to be an actual mom, but my relationship to theater and to actors is one of you know nurturing and taking care of people. And yeah. so I feel like, you know, everything that you need to know about me as a director was in that very first time I was cast as Goldilocks's mom. Nice. <laughs> so, um, you know, I acted all throughout uh, my childhood and adolescence and was in all of my high school plays and musicals and did it in college as well. But I was one of those actors that had director brain, but didn't know I had director brain. Right, right. I would just sit there on stage and look at everybody else and be like, why aren't you in the right place? (laughs) Okay, okay. See, I do that all the time too. Oh, yeah. You you see that... that yeah. Okay, Dewey, I'm, I'm letting you know this is why I really brought her here. Because I, I have, I've thought that myself. And, you know, I, I'm still a performer, and I, and I want to get that out, and I can't really think about giving that up. But I do have that moment where I'm sitting back, and I'm not in a scene. I'm going, why are they doing that? Oh, that would, oh, why is, does someone else see? If they just did that, yeah. that would fix it. And then, you know, a week later, the director goes, hey, let's try this. Uh-huh. So I've... I, I get what you say about director, I, and I don't know if that just means I'm bossy or if that means maybe, I don't know, maybe I got a thing. Honestly, I think it means that you're a full artist. And yeah. Ooh, yeah, I like that. Yeah, I do. Okay, I'm putting and that I, on my and resume. And I think that... I think that actors have director brain and I think directors have actor brain and I think that we like to categorize things and and make people one thing or the other but actually all of us as theater makers are makers of worlds. And so as I've gotten further in my evolution and growth as as an artist, I no longer think about myself as just a director but as somebody that's a a true maker and you know working on this last show that just went up the other day at American Academy of Dramatic Art I've been working with these amazing young actors and it's been so fun to create with them we've been devising a new play together and oftentimes I will get up there and try things out and and they have tasked me with on closing night they want me to, to do a one woman show of the entire play and you know I'm up for it you know give me a couple more whiskeys let's go but I mean, I think that as we <laughs> um, Saturday night be there, crooked knife. Okay, can't wait, okay. <laughs> can't wait, can't wait. With whiskey in hand. With whiskey in hand. Um, but I, I do think that we we like to categorize ourselves as one thing or the other. But actually, all of us are full artists, and so I think making making work. Um, I don't know where I'm going. Where am I going with that? Well, don't, what you, you yeah, went there. We, we I were went just there. talking did about. I do it? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you did. We were just talking about our our, our brains and how sometimes, yeah. yeah, you know, that we're not just actor, we're not just director, we're not just writer. There, it, it's there's an it encompasses so much more yeah. than, than one I, facet. And so I think that for you to think that it's 
bringing those ideas to the table are it's so important and that's kind of gets back to the the conversation we were having about collaboration yeah for me as a director i want an actor that comes up and has those questions or those thoughts and then i'm able to hold all of those thoughts and questions in my mind and you know trust that the work that i've done on the play has given me a compass that's given me a a, a vision that enables me to then take in all of these other ideas and allow them to grow into something that's going to be so much bigger than I even imagined. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. I I got a sudden image. You know, when you said compass, that it's almost like you you know you you've laid out a, a path for your ship to take, but then once you get in the water, then it, that's us actors. You're now in the water, and we're very different yeah. from what that path was. So you got to navigate those waters, and, and but you still got to get there to the end result. Yeah. It just may take a different path. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And that's that's the beauty of what we do, mm. right? Is that it's it's going you you think it's going to be one thing, and then actually it's going to be this this other thing entirely. And it's because of the alchemy of the artists and and the ideas and the collision of time and space at that you know at that particular moment that yeah you create this new thing. I love it. That's I beautiful. It. Well, well, speaking of creating new things, uh, what's coming up for you in the next few months that, that, that you have, uh, that you're, you'll be working on? Or, uh, better because of the timing of when you all are hearing this, uh, how can people find out what you're up to? Oh, there you go. Yeah. You go. Because no matter when they listen, they want to they find you. Yeah. Absolutely. Where you is. Yeah, you can check me out at my website, which is uh, jessicaholt.org. I'm an organization under myself. Oh, yeah. 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 Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're not, you're, you don't need that dot com. You're an dot org. org. Yeah. That's yeah. mind blowing. <laughs> yeah. JessicaHolt.org. You can check me on out there and you can find out what I'm up to. Right now, what I've got coming up is I'm going to do a workshop of a new play with Edith Frenny, who is a great playwright that yeah. is based right now at uh, Swanee at the Writers, um, Writers Conference there, University of the South. And we're going to do a new play from the ground up that's all about um, issues of women's health. Hmm. And that's happening at the beginning of March. And then later this year, I will be working in Chicago um, on a new play as well. So oh, those I are a couple, of, yeah, a couple things great. that are coming up for me. That's so awesome. exciting. Well, Jessica, this has been so enlightening to, to talk to you. And yeah. it's, it, 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 it's always great. I mean, you know, we, we've, we've, had, we've gotten to talk to some actors, but it's so great to hear people on the other sides of the table and other ventures in this profession to, to get their perspective. Well, oh. and for us to, like, get across to you that we're available and open for work. <laughs> I figured this would be the best audition. I mean, because you can't go anywhere. Once we start recording, you can't leave. Listen, so we're <laughs> I'm I'm a great captive audience. <laughs> well, well, thank you, audience, for listening to us, and we will see you. What next time? There it is. All right, see ya. All right, bye, bye. The Wild Never Make It podcast is hosted by Dewey Cadell and Patrick Oliver Jones and produced by Dylan Adams. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher, where you can leave us amazing reviews, of course. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Wild Never Make It or via email at wildnevermakeit at gmail.com. Lastly, we now have a website, wildnevermakeit.com. You know, Dewey, that certainly sounds like we're making it. I'm not making it. I'll never make it. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.